0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color podcast. This podcast is dedicated to providing our listeners with a weekly update of the global financial markets including a special focus on the Kenyan markets. And in order to deliver on this objective, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets so as to give you a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment, where we review the performance of the domestic markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. Ladies and gentlemen, this here is episode number 91. And as mentioned previously, to celebrate the first anniversary of the Market Color podcast, I am in the process of writing a book that is focused on the financial markets and fundamental analysis and this will help our listeners to develop a better understanding of the financial markets and in particular how economic data influences asset prices a quick progress update the publisher has now commenced on a comprehensive edit of the book which they have indicated will take about 30 days which takes us to the end of January. Therefore, keep it locked right here, and I will continue to keep you posted on the progress. And now to this week's podcast, where we are reviewing the performance of the global markets during the third week of 2024, and that is from Monday the 15th to Friday the 19th of January. And without further ado, this is your host Jamuhuri, and together let's dive right in. We kick it off in Davos, Switzerland, where the World Economic Forum was held this past week. And some of the major issues that dominated discussions at the forum included the potential for generative artificial intelligence as well as the timing of interest rate cuts, plus the ongoing wars in Ukraine and the Gaza Strip. Business and political leaders also discussed global trade, climate change, and what might happen if former President Donald Trump returns to the White House next year. During the forum, the International Monetary Fund warned that nearly 40% of jobs across the globe could be affected by the rise of artificial intelligence, with high-income economies facing greater risks than emerging market countries. And over in the United States, on Wednesday, the Commerce Department reported that holiday shopping in the month of December turned out better than expected as shoppers picked up the pace to close out 2023 on a strong note. Retail sales increased 0.6% for the month, boosted by a pickup in clothing and accessory stores as well as online businesses. Strong consumer spending could signal momentum for the U.S. economy, and possibly give the Federal Reserve some caution about when to start cutting interest rates. For your information, consumer spending is the engine for the U.S. economy as it accounts for about 65% of the gross domestic product. And in the United Kingdom, Annual inflation unexpectedly increased to 4% in December, fueled by a rise in alcohol and tobacco prices. This was the first increase in the annual consumer price index since February 2023. Economists polled by Reuters had expected a modest decline in inflation to 3.8%, after November's sharper-than-expected fall to 3.9%. Meanwhile, the Core Consumer Price Index, which excludes volatile food and energy prices, came in at an annual rate of 5.1%, which was unchanged from November. In the U.S. stock market, The S&P 500 closed at an all-time high on Friday as investors returned to the stock market with a bang during the third week of the new year. Against all expectations, the U.S. economy avoided recession in 2023 as inflation moderated to a level that allowed the Federal Reserve to pause its rate-hiking campaign. The broad market index rose by 1.23% to settle at 4,839, while the Dow Jones Industrial Average added 395 points, or 1.05%, to end at 37,863. And the Nasdaq Composite also hit a record high as it advanced 1.7% to 15,310. All the three major averages are now in positive territory for 2024. In the U.S. bond market, treasury yields were little changed on Friday as investors digested the latest jobless claims and comments by Federal Reserve officials. In another indication of the strength of the U.S. labor market, the weekly jobless claims surprised the markets, when it came in at its lowest level since September 2022. The yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury bond was marginally lower at 4.14%, whilst the yield on the policy-sensitive two-year Treasury note was up by four basis points at 4.397%. For your information, bond yields and prices move in opposite directions and one basis point is equal to 0.01%. In the commodity markets, the price of crude oil was flat on Friday but was headed for a weekly gain as traders assessed the tensions in the Middle East along with concerns about the health of the Chinese economy. Tensions continued to escalate in the Middle East as the United States launched new strikes against Houthi missiles that were aimed at the Red Sea. Consequently, the price of Brent crude dipped by $0.10 to $79 a barrel, whilst West Texas Intermediate crude fell by a similar margin to $73.98 per barrel. For the week, the U.S. benchmark rose by about 2%, whilst Brent was set to gain 1% as the International Energy Agency raised its forecast for oil demand growth in 2024. Meanwhile, Marban Oil, which Kenya imports, rose to $78.47 per barrel. This was up from $77.49 the previous week. In the precious metals market, the price of gold held steady on Friday but still recorded its second down week in the last three as comments from Federal Reserve policymakers lowered expectations of an early rate cut. According to the CME's Fed Watch Tool, traders are now pricing in a 53% chance for a rate cut in March which is down from 71% last week. The dollar index, which is a measure of dollar strength, was up 1% for the week. And given the inverse relationship between the dollar and gold, the price of spot gold was also down 1% for the week and eventually came to a close at $2,027 per ounce. Uh, We now change scene to the Kenyan financial markets and as is the norm, we start by looking at the domestic foreign exchange market where the shilling continues to depreciate versus the major international currencies as well as the regional currencies. And according to data obtained from the Central Bank of Kenya website, the official exchange rate for the U.S. dollar was quoted at 16079 compared to 159.85 the previous week. However, in the interbank market, commercial banks were selling the U.S. dollar at between 162 shillings on the lower side to above 165 shillings on the higher side. Meanwhile, the sterling pound was priced at 203.36 and the euro was valued at 174.65. And on the regional front, one Kenya shilling was changing hands for 23.72 Ugandan shillings and 15.70 Tanzanian shillings. And to the Rwandese franc, it was posted at 7.88. In the past year, that is 2023, the Kenya shilling depreciated by about 27% versus the U.S. dollar. And given this current trend, I expect the shilling will continue to depreciate for the foreseeable future. And this is mainly due to the country's excessive national debt, which now stands at above 70% of the gross domestic product and consumes about 65% of total revenue collections. And what that means is that for every one shilling that Kenya Revenue Authority collects, 65 cents will go towards debt repayment on foreign exchange reserves during the past week kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves declined marginally by 15 million dollars to 6.814 billion dollars which is equivalent to 3.64 months of import cover This level of reserves is in breach of the central bank's statutory requirement to endeavor to maintain at least four months of import cover. And in spite of the continuous funding received from both the World Bank and the IMF, Kenya's foreign exchange reserves remain under intense pressure, and this is mainly due to the increased cost of servicing our external debt obligations, which has pushed the country to the precipice of a sovereign debt default. On diaspora remittances for the full year 2023, the inflow of remittances hit an all-time high of $4.19 billion compared to $4.028 billion in 2022, which was an increase of 4%. The inflow of remittances in December 2023 was recorded at $372 million compared to $355 million in November, which was an increase of 5%. The United States remains the largest source of remittances into Kenya, accounting for 56% of the total remittances that were received in 2023. In the money markets, the liquidity situation in the interbank market remained relatively tight during the week as the average interbank rate increased by 24 basis points to 13.76%. The excess reserves held by commercial banks in relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirement increased from 14.6 billion shillings the previous week to 19.6 billion shillings. Meanwhile, open market operations remained active as the average interbank rate increased from 13.52% the previous week to 13.76%. And the average value that was traded in the interbank market decreased from 22.8 billion shillings the previous week to 20.6 billion shillings. In the government securities market, the weekly treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 18th of January, and the central bank received bids totalling 35.2 billion shillings, against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance rate of about 147%. Interest rates on all the three tenders increased marginally as the bulk of the bids, totaling about 25.5 billion shillings, were concentrated at the short end of the yield curve, where the 91-day rate ticked up by about 9 basis points to 16.23%, whilst the 182-day rate increased by 11 basis points to 16.30%, and the 364-day rate inched up by 10 basis points to settle at 16.49%. For your information, 1 basis point is equivalent to 0.01%, and therefore 100 basis points is equal to 1 percentage point. Please note that as interest rates continue to rise, investors remain focused at the short end of the yield curve because they can easily reinvest their funds at a higher rate every 91 days. In the primary bond market, the central bank announced a top sale for the January bond issue and the auction for the same was held on Thursday the 18th of January and the central bank received bids totalling 11.8 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 15 billion shillings representing a performance rate of 79%. The results of the auction were as follows. For the first bond, which was a new bond issue, that is reference number FXD1 stroke 2024 stroke 03, with a duration of three years, the central bank accepted 9.3 billion shillings at a weighted average rate of 18.38% which is the coupon for this new bond. The second was a reopened bond, that is reference number FXD1-2023-05, with 4.7 years left to maturity, and the central bank accepted 2.4 billion shillings at a weighted average rate of 18.76%, vis-a-vis the bond's coupon rate at 1684 In the secondary bond market, there was increased trading activity as the turnover in the domestic bond market increased by 37.5% during the week. And in the international market, the yields on Kenya's Eurobonds recorded a mixed performance as the yield on the 10 year Eurobond that matures in June 2024. Decreased the most by 40 basis points from 14.7% the previous week to 14.3%. At the Nairobi Securities Exchange during the week, the equities market was on an upward trajectory with the NASI gaining the most by 0.6%, whilst the NSE 20, the NSE 25, and the NSC-10 gained by 0.2%, 0.5%, and 0.4% respectively. Uh, These takes a year-to-date performance to gains of 1.5% for the NASI, 0.5% for the NSC-20, 1.8% for the NSC-25, and 1.7% for the NSC-10. The market's performance was driven by gains recorded by large-cap stocks such as Bamburi, Equity Group, and Standard Chartered Bank, which increased by 6%, 2%, and 1.9% respectively. These gains were, however, weighed down by losses recorded by other large-cap stocks such as East African Breweries, Stanbic Bank, and Kenya Commercial Bank, which declined by 1.7%, 1.6%, and 1.4%, respectively. Up next is the topical issue for this week. And this week, we are looking at two major issues. And the first is the IMF's approval of $684 million to Kenya. The Executive Board of the International Monetary Fund has approved the disbursement of $684 million to Kenya, which is equivalent to 110 billion shillings. The approval was announced on Wednesday and follows the completion of the sixth review of Kenya's multi-year arrangement with the fund under the Extended Fund Facility and the Extended Credit Facility. While giving the approval, the IMF board observed that Kenya's economy remained resilient in the face of increasing external and domestic challenges. The IMF also noted that the current arrangement continues to support the government's effort to sustain macroeconomic stability and to strengthen the policy frameworks that will enable the country to withstand external shocks and to push forward with key reforms. According to the IMF, Kenya's economy is projected to grow at 5% in 2024, driven mainly by a strong rebound in the agriculture sector. The current IMF program runs up to April 2025, and this latest funding brings the total disbursements under this program to $2.6 billion, which is equivalent to 994 billion shillings. And the second topical issue is on the government-to-government oil import deal. The Treasury has finally admitted that the government-to-government oil import deal has failed to meet its objective of easing the demand for U.S. dollars in the domestic market and reversing the depreciation of the Kenya shilling. In March 2023, the government of Kenya signed an oil import deal with three state-owned Gulf companies, which enabled it to import oil on a six-month credit basis, with a view to addressing the shortage of U.S. dollars in the domestic foreign exchange market. However, information revealed in disclosures to the International Monetary Fund shows that the deal had created distortions in the domestic forex market and indicated that the government intends to exit the arrangement by December this year. The government-to-government arrangement replaced the open tender system, which was more transparent and democratic, as it allowed local oil marketers to competitively bid for the monthly import tender. After admitting failure in the government-to-government oil import deal, the Treasury ironically indicated that it remains committed to private sector solutions in the energy market. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening and supporting the Market Color podcast. And I hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. I really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. And for your information, the Market Color podcast is now available on all the major hosting directories. That is Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, as well as Amazon Music. Please consider subscribing so that you can be notified every time I publish a new episode. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address That is JamuhuriG at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spelled J A M U you, once again thank you for your continued support and i look forward to interacting with you again next week and in the meantime please do have yourselves a blessed and fantastic week ahead and remember you'd rather be an optimist and a fool rather than a pessimist who is right think about it thank you and god bless